Welcome to the Giants Huddle. Get him in the huddle. Get him in the huddle. Get him in the huddle. A New York Giants podcast. I'm John Schmelk, and welcome to another episode of the Giants Huddle podcast. Today's guest, Hall of Fame quarterback and former New York Giant, Kurt Warner. We'll talk about Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, and the Giants prospects in 2019. But first, if you're listening to this on Giants.com or the Giants mobile app, we appreciate you listening to the show. But it's a lot easier for you and it's better for us if you go to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, add us to your favorites list, or if you're on Apple Podcasts, even leave a positive review and it'll help this podcast grow. And now we're joined by our guest, Hall of Fame quarterback, Kurt Warner, and of course, former New York Giant as well. Kurt, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. You bet. Good to be uh, out here at Giants camp. Beautiful day. So uh, good to be with you. Well, let's start with this. First thing on your mind when you watch your first Giants practice, what are you going to be watching for? Well, I mean, you know what I'm going to be watching for. I mean, I, I'm always at quarterbacks first. And, um, you know, I think especially in this situation, um, obviously I know Eli for a long time, uh, pulling for him to uh, to finish this thing out the right way, however long that, that lasts. Uh, and I got an opportunity to, uh, to meet Daniel as well after the draft and, and talk a little bit. And uh, just seems like a great young man. So at the same time, Pulling for him uh, whenever that time comes that he can go in and, and have success. All right, well, let's start the Daniel Jones part of it first. I know you do a lot of work on the college quarterbacks. What's your thoughts on the type of player Daniel Jones is coming into the NFL? Um, yeah, I, mean, I think he's a cerebral quarterback, understands how to play the game, understands how to go through progressions, um, good athlete at the quarterback position. Um, you know, when I watched him in college, the one thing and the one question mark I had was, was the, the physical upside that he had. And Again, it's you know it's not one of those things that show up when you watch a workout and you go, oh, can he throw the ball 60 yards or you know can he make a deep outcut? Everybody that's at this level can make those throws, but some guys can't make those throws as much when the world's not perfect, when there's pressure on him, when he's falling away, when he's a little late with the throw and he's got to put a little more on it. And that to me is my only real question mark with Daniel. And that doesn't mean he can't be great. It just simply means that when the margin of error shrinks, you just have to be more efficient. You have to be able to, uh, you know, have your timing great, know what you're seeing, uh, put the ball placement in, in certain spots. And so that to me is, is what I saw is that there's a lot to like about him. It's just, you know, I'm one of those guys that believes that physically you have to be able to carry a team with your right arm if you're going to win championships outside of the rare occasion when you have all these other pieces and you can just be, you know, you can be a complimentary piece. It doesn't happen very often in this NFL. Um, and so that to me is, is the one thing I'm looking forward to seeing is, um, you know, does he grow? Does he get better? Is what I saw in college, you know, not what I see when, I, when I'm watching kind of the live bullets go. And does he have that other piece or is he so good in those other areas that, even if he doesn't have that piece, he's got the ability to carry his team and carry the Giants um, into that championship type level. I talked to Kevin Gilbride a lot. He told me back when he was a younger offensive coordinator, he would say arm strength is what I was most concerned with. As he got older, though, he realized it's while the bullets are flying at you, being able to see things, slow it down, anticipate, and do all those things mentally. Is that to you now as you've been playing quarterback for so long, the most important part of playing quarterback in the NFL? Without a doubt. I mean, you're talking to a guy that wasn't the most talented guy physically either, you know, not a guy that's going to throw a ball through a wall or, you know, be able to throw it 60 yards falling away like some of the guys can. So, um, so I've always believed that is that know what you're seeing, 
know when to throw the football, and be accurate with it. If you can do those three things, you can be very, very successful. Um, but again, I also understand that even though I wasn't the most physically talented, I could make some of those special throws, and I, and I could put it in tight windows. So I could carry a team that way. But without a doubt, those things that we just talked about are way, way more important than the arm strength or the ability. And again, sometimes it's not just arm strength. I mean, you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, it's the ability to make throws when you're in a funky position. Mm -hmm. You know, that becomes the other part of the physical talent is can you be falling away or, I mean, yeah, exactly. And and so, um, so again, it's not just arm strength. You know, there's a level of physicality that, that you have to play with at the quarterback position that allows you to get away or to make plays that not everybody can make. And that's what separates guys that can read and anticipate and make good decisions. Okay, great. A lot of guys can do that. Now do you have that extra piece? Because that extra piece is what can elevate you to, you know, to whatever championship level or, or Hall of Fame level or, or whatever that may be. For a young quarterback playing his first year in the NFL – What's the toughest part of the transition and the toughest thing that he's going to have to learn and figure out to be successful going from what he did at Duke to doing what he's going to do here for the Giants? I mean, I think we always talk about speed. And so it's the speed of, of processing things. It's the speed of how you know quickly windows close. Um, so it's kind of the idea that you have to learn what you can and cannot do at this level. And so that's the hardest part as a rookie is – you don't get a lot of opportunities to do that. You know, you might get a little preseason, you know, and you get into a game and it's like you sometimes have to learn on the fly. Oh, shoot, I can't make that throw. Oh, okay, I can still make that throw. Or that throw needs to be made, you know, with a, a quick hitch or this. And so I think that's the hardest part is, you know, getting acclimated with everything that is the NFL and being able to figure out as quickly as possible what success looks like for me, what I'm able to get away with, what I can't do, um, and be able to memory bank that instead of making the same mistakes over and over again, thinking that, hey, you know, I made this throw in college. I, I, I got to be able to make it here. I got it. And then, you, you know, too long you've made that mistake too many times and, and you know, you're kind of getting pushed to the side because you haven't realized and learned, okay, at this level, can't make that throw the same way. What are your expectations for Eli Manning this year, heading into year number 16 for him? Um, my expectations are the same they always have been for Eli. Um, although I'm a believer that Eli needs to play the game a certain way. And if they allow him to play the game the way he's always played it, um, I don't look at him and, and say well, he's missing throws or he can't make throws. I see the same kind of guy. But, um, but he's a guy that likes to see things come open and then attack it. Um, if you try to force him to anticipate more or get the ball out of his hands quicker, I just don't think that plays to his strengths. And so the last couple of years with some of the issues they've had around him, they've tried to ask him to play it a little bit differently than he's always played it. And I think it's forced him to struggle a little more than, you know, I don't look at it and say, oh, physically he's diminishing. That's why he's having the struggles. I look at it and say pieces around him aren't what he needs to succeed. So now he's struggling because of that. But if you can get him back, and, you know, we saw glimpses last year. You know, there were stretches where he looked like the old Eli Manning, you know, and that to me goes to show, see, he can make the throws. You just need to make sure the environment is what he needs to succeed. And so that to me is what I'm, I'm looking for this year is, you know, the wide receivers without, you know, big play guy like, like OBJ. Can Eli be that efficient guy that works the ball down the field that's never necessarily been his M.O.? 
offensive line has been an issue for a couple years. You know, Eli's a guy that needs to see it and take a little bit more time, maybe that extra hitch to deliver it. He doesn't get that extra hitch. Now he's trying to play the game a little bit differently than he ha- always has. And so those are a couple of the questions that I'm looking at to go, okay, how does this play out? Because I think that's, I think that's going to determine how everything plays out, you know, talking about Eli's career this season, uh, you know, the whole situation with Daniel Jones. I, I think a lot is riding on that. Um, but I fully expect if, if the pieces around him are right, um, him to have another solid season. The easy comparison is to compare Eli coming in in 2004 with you as a starter to what's going on this year. Do you think that's a fair comparison, or do you think it's different enough where people are just trying to put one and one together when it might not necessarily equal two? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's completely different, um, you know, because you're looking at it from a standpoint of a guy that came here solely for the purpose of keeping the seat warm until they felt the young guy was ready, um, as opposed to a guy that's a giant icon, uh, you know, that, you know, has been the face of this franchise and done everything right and done everything you would ask, um, you know, a top draft pick to do for you and winning championships and carrying yourself the right way. And so I think there's a lot more sensitivity to how it has to play out this time than it did the first time. I mean, the first time it really came down to, okay, when's the right time to put Eli in? You know, it was that question probably every week. Is now the right time? Is now the right time? Is now the right time? I don't think that's going to be the case now. Uh, um, I think it's more going to be in a perfect world, they want Eli to be able to write his own ending. That to me is the perfect world. And I think the Giants go into this thing saying that same thing is we want him to be able to write it his own way. What does that look like? Is that 16 games this year? You know, is it two years? Um, when is the right time for that? But I think they're going to be very sensitive to who Eli is and what he's meant to this organization. And it's not going to be a situation where we're just looking for an opportunity or a reason why. I don't think you're going to see that this year. I believe they go in with, this is Eli's job. We expect him to play 16 games. And barring something you know catastrophic or, or outrageous, that's how we see this playing out. And if we feel at the end of this year that it's time, We'll go to Daniel at the beginning of next year as opposed to seven games in, nine games in, 12 games in. Um, I think that's how they would like this thing to play out. Um, But, again, we always know there's extenuating circumstances throughout the course of an NFL season and what that looks like depending on how good this team is and how competitive they are um, I think can help dictate that. For Eli, what is it going to be like for him, do you think, put get into his shoes a little bit, trying to handle this? Because you know he's going to get questions every week whether or not it's imminent or not. They're just going to come. What is the stuff that he's going to have to deal with over the course of the year to stay the course? He's he's Mr. Steady, but it's still a challenge. Well, I mean, I, I think there's always a couple things that have to come into play. The first thing is you have to be very realistic with the situation and with your situation. Um, you know, I think we're always biased. We always want to feel like we're playing better than than we are. And so I think that becomes the first part of it is be realistic about what the situation is. Realistic that they, you know, they just drafted your backup. That's the case. It's going to happen at some point. Be realistic. Be realistic with how you play. And that can be both sides. If you're not playing well, got to be realistic with that and, and understand or if you're playing well and people are still asking you and people are still clamoring for the young guy to be able to quiet that noise and go I'm good I, I know I'm playing well 
I'm not worried about the noise because I'm playing well. Um, but but I think that becomes the biggest part. It's just you got to be able to look outside of the situation and be very realistic with how it's playing out. Otherwise, you can get bitter. Otherwise, you can get you can get tight. You can get tense. You can worry about things that. Um, that if you worry about them, probably make you a worse quarterback than you would be otherwise. And so um, I always kind of found that in the different situations I was in was I had to really be able to put myself in and take a step back and go, okay, Kurt, how are you playing? What would you do? What is the right situation here? And the more you can accept that and be realistic and be honest with yourself, I think the easier it is to to deal with whatever's being thrown at you, the less you're like that and the more, you know, you try to, you know, stick your head to the wall or to the fire and go, oh, I'm, I'm still great. I can still do this even if I'm not doing this. I think the more problems you have in, in dealing with and wrestling with all the issues that can come up. Final question on the transition. How is this something that Coach Shermer handles? Because once you get into the season, the backup quarterback doesn't get a lot of reps of practice, right? He might do the scouts team tough, but he's not doing stuff with the first team. So is this really just a matter of Eli playing well enough and the team winning enough games to keep Jones off the field? How much does Jones' development impact this? How do you handle this if you're head coach Pat Shermer? And and, and what do you use as a judge to, to, to when you make the move? Well, I think the hardest part is that I don't think there's a formula. So I can't sit here now and say, okay, this is what Coach Shermer should do. Yeah, I think you have to feel out every situation you have to feel out where your team is you got to feel out where the organization is you got to feel it out individually to go okay I have to make the best decisions for Eli and Daniel but I also have to make the best decisions for the Giants I gotta make the best decisions for me and so I just I think there's a lot of factors that go into this um, you know and and a big one's going to come down to what do we feel Eli is do we feel Eli is a one-more-year guy? Do we feel Eli is a possibly a two-year guy? Do we feel he can even possibly pay, play longer than that? Do we really feel he's on his last leg? I, I think a lot of that plays into it as well as who you honestly think Eli is at this point in time in his career. And, you know, whatever that is, I mean, now he struggles for a game or he struggles for two games. You don't look to go, oh, let's go to the young guy because – you know, if you still feel like he's that guy, then like any other quarterback, oh, you had a couple games struggle. I mean, we all do that. No matter how good you are or how bad you – I mean, you have those moments. So I think that plays into it. But I just – I don't think there's a – there's a again, I want to say right scenario because it's probably a perfect scenario. But I just don't think you know that ahead of time because you have to just wait and see how everything's progressing. And, again, I look back to, you know, when I was with Eli in 04 and Tom Coughlin basically – I mean, we were a playoff team at the time. Um, yeah, and I mean, somebody just told me today that the last team in the playoffs that year was 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, so there was a great chance we make the playoffs. There's no doubt that I was the better quarterback at that time. But Tom looked at it big picture and said, well, I don't think we're a championship-type team this year, so I have to play for next year or two years from now, and what's the right move? Um, so, again, I think all those things can factor into this. And you just don't know until you cross some of those paths and go, okay, this leans me here or this takes me there or now I'm, I, I, I'm looking at this differently week eight than I did week one. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you don't envy guys that are in that position because you really want to do the right thing for Eli because he deserves that. Um, but at the same time, you have to try to do the right thing for the team. Again, like in 04 where you sped up the process for Eli. So – here they are a couple years later, and they're winning a championship, you know, and 
who knows how much of that was because he got seven games to kind of take his lumps and grow and learn. Um, so I, I think all those things have to take, be taken into account. You mentioned the offense. No Odell Beckham Jr. Offensive line better. Kevin Zeidler and Mike Remmers will solidify the right side. What does this offense have to look like from a schematic play calling, run pass balance type scenario for it to be successful? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to look different. You know, I think um, sometimes the hardest thing about an offense is when you have to drive 12, 14, 16 plays to get points on the board. You know, because sometimes you like the OBJs that you can throw a little slant to and he takes it 60 and, you know, because you need those difference-making players. Evan Ingram, I think, is a guy that's kind of a mismatch and has the big playability. Um, of course, Saquon, you know, can take it to the house any given time. Um, but I, I think that's going to kind of be a dictator for this team is – a, can they be efficient enough if they don't have those explosive plays? You know, Eli, can he be, you know, that completion guy and a first down guy, you know, week in and week out to put those points on the board? And if not, who becomes that splash play guy that gives them the big play touchdowns that allows them to be more of an explosive offense if they're not able to be, you know, efficient? Can they count on somebody to be that guy? Um, again, a lot of good players. But I don't know if they have that one staple guy that you can count on week in and week out to be that big playmaker. And then just in terms of team success, Kurt, you flip the other side of the ball, and there's a lot of young, unproven guys on defense, especially in the secondary. When you're a veteran quarterback and you go out there and you say, boy, I got three corners out there that's played like two NFL games, how does that change things for an opposing offense and for the Giants defense when you're running out a lot of young guys in the secondary? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing as a quarterback is I try not to look at talent level as much as I tried to look at scheme and I think the hardest thing is when you have a bunch of young guys is trying to you know do a lot of things and do a lot of pre-snap stuff and, and, and hold your coverages to the last second to, to confuse a quarterback and you know if you don't do that with you know a lot of these quarterbacks in the league if you just show them what you're going to show them yeah you're usually in trouble unless you have you know that flat out talent to be able to match up and so that's kind of what I always looked at when I was going against young teams is like they're going to be limited in what they can do and if they show me what they're doing you know it's going to be a long day you know for the defense so I think that becomes the bigger thing even you know even then how talented are we is how can we you know how much can we do to cover up for our youth and to create bad plays by the other team um you know, with, with all the young guys that we have, and we've got to get all them in the right spot. What's your feel for the NFC East? How do you see this division playing out? The Cowboys uh, are going to be there. I still want to see what they become offensively, mm -hmm. um, especially in the pass game. Uh, but their defense is going to be strong, and they're going to be able to run the football. So I, I think they're going to be a good team. I'm not sure they're a great team. The Eagles, I think the Eagles are as good as they've been in the last couple years and made some really good moves, but a lot comes down to can Carson get back to form from a couple years ago. But, yeah, I do look at those two teams kind of out ahead uh, with a lot more questions about the Giants and the Redskins and what they can be. Uh, so I think teams are going, you know, these teams are going to be chasing those teams. Um, you know, but, but, again, I think, you know, you look at it different ways. I think the Giants have done some things to improve themselves. Um, the question becomes, you know, do you improve yourself with offensive line play that makes up for the splash plays of an OBJ? And, you know, I just want to see how that plays out because, to me, consistency is always the most important thing. But if you didn't make moves enough to be consistent and you miss out on big plays, 
now that changes the complexion of who you are as an offense too. So, yeah, a lot more questions about these two teams. I think there's a lot more answers with the Cowboys and the Eagles. But that's the beautiful thing about our league is that you can say that going into training camp in day one and lots can change very quickly with an injury here or a guy not playing up to his standards. Um, and so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Final question. If there's one or two things you had to pick out that have to go right for the Giants this year for them to be playing meaningful football late November, early December, fighting for a playoff spot, what are they? Offensive defensive line. Uh, I think it starts with the offensive line. They made their improvements there. Those have to pay off specifically in getting Saquon going in the run game first and foremost to take the pressure off of everybody else and not have to lean on the big plays and the defensive line um, that I think they have to create a pass rush you know that they don't have the horses on the other side that can carry you um, you know for the most part that they have to be able to create a, a pass rush and you know I look at the roster and I go okay where's it coming from you know where are they going to you know because, again, that's what the game is. is you still got to win the line of scrimmage, especially in a pass-first uh, you know, league like we're in now. Got to get pass rush on the quarterback. If you don't, there's a lot of guys that can beat you with the way that it's wide open now. And so those, to me, are the, are the two areas that if the Giants are going to make a little bit of noise, they've got to win in those two areas. You can see him on NFL Network. You can see him, or listen to him, rather, on Westwood One's coverage of National Football League. You do a great job on Sunday Night Football, by the way. And, of course, you can see his bust in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Kurt, we appreciate the time. You bet. Thanks for having me on. That's Kurt Warner. Very generous with his time today. He was here with NFL Network covering the Giants' training camp practice. It was great to talk to him and get some of his insights, given his experience in the situation Eli Manning is in this year and, of course, his years playing quarterback in the National Football League. I'm John Schmelk, and thanks for being with us on another episode of the Giants Settle Podcast. Make sure, if you're listening to this on Giants.com or the Giants mobile app, to go to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, add us to your favorites list, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a positive review and a high rating. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle. Adios.